0: I-V-M Hi, I'm Utsav, a behaviour researcher by training and a slow traveller by passion. Postcards from Nowhere is a travel podcast where I condense a decade of travel experiences and explore not just the where, but also the why and how to travel. My stories emerge from slow travelling the less explored parts of the world. Bosnia and Herzegovina, Armenia, Uzbekistan and even China. At the end of each story, I give practical tips and new ideas about how to travel better. This week, in the fourth episode of the series Fabulous Foods, we travel from the coast of Portugal to the coast of Goa and discover a fast disappearing musical tradition which is at the heart of almost all food practices within India. On the night of September 3rd, 1758, King Joseph I was riding in an unmarked carriage on a secondary, unfrequented road on the outskirts of Lisbon. About three years ago, a massive earthquake had destroyed his palace. He had since taken refuge in a tent on the outskirts of the city. The king was returning after an evening with his mistress. Somewhere along the way, two or three men intercepted the carriage and fired on its occupants. Joseph I was shot in the arm and his driver was badly wounded. But both survived. A few days later, two men were arrested for the shootings and tortured. The men confessed their guilt and stated that they were following the orders of the Tavora family who were plotting to put the Duke of Aveiro on the throne. Most of the Tavora and Aveiro families were publicly tortured and executed on January 13, 1759 in a field near Lisbon. Afterwards, the ground was salted to prevent future growth of vegetation. To this day in this location, there remains an alley called Beco do Chao Salgado. Alley of the salted ground. On its corner stands a shame memorial with an inscription just below waist height. But there is yet another thing that the Tavora family must have a shame memorial for. Francisco de Tavora was the ancestor of the same family which was involved in the assassination attempt. Francisco was designated 1st Count of Alvor and also happened to be the governor of Portuguese India, stationed in Goa. On June 27, 1684, he had decreed that the locals should speak the Portuguese language. Additionally, the parish priest and school teachers should teach children the Christian doctrine in the same language he forbade the use of Konkani and penalties for violation would mean imprisonment. They wanted the native Catholic Goans to identify fully with the Portuguese empire. This went on for centuries and by 1812, the children were forbidden from speaking Konkani in the school premises. Even after four and a half centuries of Portuguese rule, not even 2% of the Goans identified Portuguese as their mother tongue. The colonial project had completely failed. But the banning in 1684 had an unusual impact. The local Christians started missing their songs at their weddings and other festivals. So they invited their Hindu neighbours to sing for them. This enraged the Portuguese missionaries, which prompted them to ban the practice of singing Konkani songs altogether. This is the voice of Saraswati Dutta Savant. Had she been singing this song during Portuguese rule, she would have been imprisoned. However, her song is far from rebellious or seditious. She is, in fact, singing a very specific genre of music which is fast disappearing from the landscape of Goa. Listen again carefully. <speaking in foreign language> Devoid of any musical instruments, the song is sung to the rhythm of the turning of the grinding stone, synchronized with the singer's body movements. Yes, you heard that right. Grinding stones or chakki in India. These songs are mostly monophonic or a single voice singing alone. Grinding was a routine everyday activity that was forced upon the daughter in law of the household. The songs, are known as ovios. An old Konkani proverb says, Dathar baslear ovio yeta. Roughly translated, it means, sit at the grinding stone and a song will emerge. When you live an isolated life away from your parents and brothers and sisters, the grinding stone becomes your only friend. When you are married off at a tender age of 7 or 8 with no choice of meeting a beloved only brother for years, the grinding stone becomes your only confidant. These songs and stories are a vehicle of pain, isolation, anger, despair and frustration. Another reason for using only grindstone sounds was that rural women in a lot of Goan households were forbidden to touch musical instruments that contained movable metal parts. In the song you just heard, the woman weeps on seeing her brother in the bazaar. She tells her brother of her plight, but he says that there is nothing he can do except come and take her home during the Ganesh festival. Listen to another song, this time by Subhadra Arjun Gavas. <laughs> The song narrates the story of her brother visiting her sister at her in-law's home. He is appalled to see her slaving away and remarks that how she was free as a bird in her maternal home. The sister-in-law hears of this exchange and asks the woman not to go back to her maternal home with her brother. The sister-in-law creates this excuse about heavy rains and dangerous creatures on the road. Her brother departs without taking her along. When he arrives, the mother asks about her daughter. The brother says, that she is so happy at her in-law's place that she does not want to return. Not all songs are personal experiences. Many carry the legends as well. In the incredible story of Jarsandha, two half-babies are born to the two queens of a king. The two halves are quickly sewn together. But the resulting prince turns out to be a really cruel king. A mere child then, Lord Krishna, comes to save the people. His birth mother Devki comes looking for him and when she finally finds him in Goa, her breasts overflow with the milk of maternal love. That milk then turns into the waterfall which we now know as the famed Dudhsagar Sagar Falls in Goa. Whether the songs and stories were legends or personal experiences, the ovios formed a very intrinsic part of the lonely woman's existence. While the key reason for their disappearance is the availability of grain grinding mills, or probably still needs to change is the level of exploitation Indian women face even today. In her book, Desperately Seeking Shah Rukh Khan, the economist Triyana Bhattacharya beautifully encapsulates how the Indian woman is lonely in the bedroom, lonely in the kitchen and lonely at the workplace. She is constantly in search of intimacy and independence even after supposedly being liberated in urban spaces. As we travel, Let one of the primary parameters of how developed a place is be how well it treats its women. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IBM network. You can listen to us on the IBM podcast app or ibmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are at IBM podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me I am Utsav Memory on Twitter and why we travel 42 on Instagram